All right. Gentlemen, are we ready? Ready. Ah, voice issues. Yes, affirmative. <laughs> Better late than never. My name is Neil Porter, and I'm your post. And I try oh, slowing it down. I try slowing post. it. Down. Yeah, try no, slowing it down. It's, it's, it's fast. I know. You can speed it up. Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I'm your host, Neil Porter, and I'm joined this week by the one true Ben and Mike. And I'm going to leave all those takes in just so that people can know what the weirdness is like. <laughs> This is how we make the. This is how we make the, the donuts. This is how the product yeah. gets to you. That's just a little taste of some of the outtakes and bloopers that uh, that I'm going to be start start putting on the Patreon. <laughs> and because you're at this point, don't <laughs> don't feel like editing it out. I'm sure. Well, it, it would be it would be kind of a pain in the ass to be honest. This I could true. do it, right? But now, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna instead I am going to uh, I'm going to frame it as a preview of what you could get for the $1 per month uh, donation level. Got it. <laughs> so. Not, it's not a mistake if you call it intentional. Right? It's not a, not, it's not a mistake if you find a good use for it. Conservation. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, uh, we watched, uh, we watched, uh, the, 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 the Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Soldier. The winner of the Falcon Soldier. Yeah, doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. The Falcon no, really Soldier. Um, but I, I will say this: I will applaud them for not coming up with something like artificially, like, "Hey, we t we uh, we tested this, we focus grouped this to make it zing and pop." They're just like, "All right, we're just gonna name the thing the fucking thing." They could have called it the Adventures of Sam and Bucky. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They didn't do a portmanteau of the other of the character's name, Wandavision. <laughs> Which actually worked, but still. <laughs> Somebody's chair is squeaking. I think it's Ben's. Just heads up. I'm not hearing anything. Well, you, you'll probably hear it again soon. In any case. I'm going to sit very still. Might have been mine, I don't know. <clears throat> I think you're right. I think it's Ben's. Blind my chair a little bit. There's mine. So we watched, uh, there it we is. watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, do you want to do the traditional non-spoiler and then segue followed to spoiler? Followed by some or? music, followed by some spoiler, yes. Alrighty. So I feel like we could we should talk about the uh, the casting, but like casting, they're, they're, the only real new people are the antagonists, right? And, right. Uh, I don't know. I felt like they and, were all right. And oddly enough, um, the 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 antagonist, um, you know, whom we see uh, in the film, is a Disney alumni. Really, she is. Yes. Think what? back to Solo. Really. Yep. Is um, she one of the uh, one of the like street rats from the beginning or something? No, she was. Um, hang on a second. And she was Enfys Nest. She was. Uh, she was the leader of the bandits that uh, that they uh, ended up allying with. Oh, the okay. Yeah, her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did not pick up on that. Yep, Aaron Kellyman. Same person. Yep, Aaron Kellyman. And like Enfys Nest. As a as a uh, as an antagonist, she had, she shared some shared some similarities with Emphis. 
I will say this: we, as you alluded to, we don't we don't really have <laughs> a whole heck of a lot to cover in the casting department because uh, uh, there are two major um, additions which to even talk about would be going directly into spoilers. So we will talk mm-hmm. about those two um, protagonists, shall we say, um, slash antagonists in some sense um, mm-hmm. in the spoiler section. The the, the actors perfectly fine in my opinion um i don't know i actually kind of found i don't know i like maybe it's maybe it's 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 some sort of knee-jerk reaction with me most almost definitely just um person with the with with either a south african or australian accent i wasn't quite really 100 percent sure which i think they were going for south african just comes off just just very much like triggers um mad max uh, thoughts in my head for some reason. Well, which one is this? I don't even know who you're talking about. Is this uh, is this our import from uh, from um, yes. Winter name? Soldier? Duba. Um, the redhead mean... with the freckles. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, um, actually, no. She's not. Hang on a second. Um, hang on. She actually Aaron came Kellerman. off as. Huh? Kel- yeah, Aaron Kellerman. Yeah, Aaron Kellerman is. Let's see. Oh, she's actually English, but she has a very, like, she's apparently from from jolly old England, but, like... <clears throat> you mean the casting has, in there? Huh? You mean um, the casting in there? Um, no, just, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it was just, I don't know. I'm, I'm tired. Um, I, I, I've completely lost what point I was I mean, it sounded to. more English or Irish to me, not really, like, Australian or South African. It really came, out, it came off as South African to me. And the thing is, is what I got was more Eastern European, you know? Go us. I don't know. We're kind of all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Although I will say it's probably, I am, you know, um, considering it's like ginger freckle style, I'm I'm probably more predisposed to think, you know, like Mm -hmm. Irish when I hear the accent that's close. Right. I, I may be, my eyes may be, you know, biasing my ears a little bit on that one. Really mm-hmm. didn't get uh, Irish out of it, okay. <laughs> I didn't get Australian, so call it even. Yeah. In any case, I don't know, I well, actually found her acting a little about. bit, I, I found her acting a little bit grating, but I don't think it was the actress's fault, I think it was the fault of writing. Yeah. So It seemed perfectly serviceable to me, I didn't really notice it one way or the other. But yeah. yeah, I agree that she didn't have a whole lot to do script-wise. Mm. Like, there's only so much you can do with that. Right. It, I don't know. It just kind of felt like um, whenever whenever she had lines, it was all within a specific context. There wasn't a lot of room for, like, nuance yeah, and character a, development modes of being. More. Which I get because it's, like, it's a six-chapter miniseries, right? Where it's, like, they have so many characters and, like... A, stuff going on where they have to cover so much ground so they don't have a whole lot of like screen time to spare for some right. of that stuff you know i think some of her best acting wasn't with the lines it was with her it was it was with her body language and expressions yeah i agree with that and i think you know of the actual um of the um of the lines it's probably um when she was talking with her like compatriots or allies shall we say um, probably when she has the best, like, you know, back and forth and line delivery and stuff. Right. Well, and as it turns out, she's not really the main, uh, she's not really the main antagonist. Yes, she is. I mean, stru- the, narrative, narratively, she is the main antagonist. You are, you are, uh, you are referring is, is not primarily an antagonist. There, there are several antagonists. 
but we'll right. have to kind of get into that in spoiler territory. Right. Cause it's hard to talk about this without spoiling the hell out of it. I will say this, um, excellent, uh, excellent, excellent, um, production quality and cinematography mm-hmm. and stuff. It felt very much like, you know, mm-hmm. movie caliber stuff, uh, stretched yeah. out over a mini series. Like it felt legit. It didn't, that was, you know, it didn't, that was great. I, I think they really put in the time and effort and money. So we we skipped something very important. Speaking of spoilers, our spoiler of the week. Oh yes, I actually and I this was one where I was actually I uh, I, I actually had an idea ahead of time for once. Right, and I was behind that all the way. And that is, Bucky is not left-handed. <laughs> I am not left-handed. I'm not left-handed. Statistically, that is very unshocking. True. True. Which oh, is funny um, because if you if you just take a sample size of our podcast, um, uh, the, the righties are in the minority. Right, because I'm left-handed. Yeah. Yep. Neil, you're left-handed, right? No, Mike's right I am. Left-handed. Oh, you're left-handed, that's right. I'm right-handed. Two out of three. But the reason I have this brace on my left hand is honestly because I've got problems with my left hand. But he did anything else. <laughs> All right. I thought but... Kurt Russell's son did, uh, did a pretty good job. Yes. Well, before... Before we we get into the rest of it, we we should go ahead and um, we 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 skipped right past the signal boosts as well. This is true. Too eager to get started. (laughs) I can't. I I I fuck up my opening and then just everything's shot to hell. It's it's all my right. Well, you just kind of hyper focused on one thing, right? So it's like you know, it's got to let it go. Okay. Yeah. So 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 we'll get back to the casting of of. Of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, signal boostage. I mean, pretty much cover the casting part. It's not a whole lot of non-spoiler stuff left. Yeah. Right. Um, for me, um, I will say um, HBO Max in general um, actually has a lot of good shit on there. I didn't think I was gonna bother for a while, but um, um, Lacey had never um, just kind of a random thing. She had never seen Friends before. And so she was going to like see what it costs to get seasons or whatever. And she was looking at like Amazon's different places to get it and stuff. And she's like, you know, the entire run of the show is on HBO Max. You can just do that for a month or two. And it's much cheaper to, uh, <laughs> to do that. So I kind of incidentally stumbled onto it. And it uh, has the remastered version of Babylon five. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, yes, I'll have to add that to the old list, but yeah, that's, Obviously, uh, well, not obviously, because you can actually go to see it in the theater. Um, but uh, that's where I saw Mortal Kombat, and um, yeah, it's a great option. If an episode here shortly, by the way. Yes, um, it's you know if there's a particular movie that they have the little streaming window for about a month or so, that's a great option to do if you don't, uh, if you can't or don't want to um, see it in the theater yet. Um, I'm looking forward to actually going back into an actual theater and seeing a, a movie in the traditional way now that I'm all fully vaccinated and whatnot. Yeah, speaking uh, of, yeah. I there's also the Nevers on HBO Max, um, the new Godzilla movies, the new Mutants. I mean, all kinds of good shit on that, yeah. It's it's a, honestly, it's a pretty solid, it it, it looks like a pretty solid streaming service that Mm -hmm. I'll probably end up breaking down and and getting. All things. Of course, for obvious reasons, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good um, classic HBO series that if you haven't seen them for whatever reason, like you know, Sopranos or True Blood for the first few seasons, The Wire is probably the best. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Um, of course, you know, there's a few um, exceptions because for various reasons they have to sell it to you in other ways, like Game of Thrones or whatever. But um, yeah, good yeah, stuff. Max. Huh. And then, um, so yeah, got a second that one. Um, so who's next? 
Um, I always go last, so you are. All right, that's me by process elimination. Okay, so um, my signal boosts. Uh, originally, I just had, uh, you know, I was going to signal boost um, the DLC for Outer Worlds, uh, Peril on Gorgon, and Murder on Iridanos, um, which I'm still playing through Murder on Iridanos, and it is awesome. I, uh, I am as well. Also expect an episode on the Outer Worlds coming from um, from the collective minds of Ben and Neil in, in our uh, in our ongoing series War Never Changing. Right, <laughs> and then, yeah, because that this is definitely this is definitely Fallout in space spiritual successor. Uh, yeah. So then my other uh, one that I have to uh, toss out a uh, um, you know I mentioned to mention on is Shadow and Bone uh, on Netflix. Been watching episodes of that. That's like steampunk and fantasy mixed well. It is very, very nice. I've been enjoying the hell out of that. And then uh, personal signal boost. Um, by the time this is out, um, the fourth book in the Demon's Apprentice audiobook uh, will be out because it will come out on Star Wars Day, May the Fourth. So there you go. Easy to remember, right? So yeah, that is that is my signal boost. Almost missed a chance to self plug. That's that would have been tragic. I know, man, it was terrible. Oh, I did want to throw one more quick thing out, which kind of dovetails with HBO Max recommendation. Um, there is a documentary on available on HBO Max called Class Action <coughs> Park, which is amazing, and I highly recommend I've heard it. Heard about that? It's like, uh, let's see, I want to say an hour and like forty minutes yeah, uh... or forty-five minutes, something like that. It's it's pretty quick watch. It's really interesting stuff. The the elevator pitch is there is a um, there's a water park called Action Park in yeah. New Jersey that well, was what? extremely there was, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, extremely dangerous and irresponsible. And apparently the uh, the the creator of it, the uh, it was like it's kind of like an like some sort of twisted like evil Willy <laughs> Willy Wonka or Walt Disney or whatever. It's crazy. There's all kinds of just insane stuff as far as like corruption and law breaking and bribes and like um, the, all the people that got injured and uh, a handful of people even got killed. Um, yeah. It's, it's insane. Like the whole premise is like, it Hey, a... it's a, it's a water park, but you get to control the fun. It's like, no, do it yourself. Amusement park. Not a great idea. Extremely dangerous. Actually. Just yeah. to set a, a quick scene here, um, uh, people like parents would just like let their kids kind of like go loose and do whatever, and they would drink at the park. Like they had a spot where they actually served alcohol, and then there was this motor park section, so they would literally drink and drive. It is insane. Like just, I cannot, I cannot exaggerate how fucking bananas this is. And if you. Uh, enjoy true crime stuff or docs or whatever like you owe it to yourself to watch this because it is insane it's truly a great example of uh, truth being stranger than fiction and bearing in mind this is in the 70s 80s it was open, it opened in 1978 that should tell you a lot about it yes yeah, early early 80s and then yeah i think it closed down at some point in the like early 90s or something but yeah it's it pretty bananas yeah. yeah. So I only got the uh, one thing really here at the moment. Um, uh, having played through it um, on uh, on my uh, on my Twitch stream, that's twitch.tv slash ring it on blue. So I can get my own self plug in there. Um, I highly recommend the the recent uh, Hitman games. I played through Hitman One, and it sold me enough that I 
will be picking up and playing through Hitman Hitman two and three. Um, Are those like remasters of the OG ones, or no? They're they're new stories. They're technically set after I think Absolution. Okay, it's just the naming convention has me confused as fuck. Yep, they just changed. They just rebooted the. They they just rebooted the naming conventions. Like, and they don't really. It's about as straightforward as how Microsoft names their Xbox consoles. And and they don't really reference anything that that happened before uh, them in 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 various Hitman games. So you can also consider them a world reboot. Um, although at the same time, there's nothing that says that it can't happen after Absolution because like Hitman Hitman starts with Agent Forty Seven being um inducted and trained, and then. After you pass your final exam, your final assassination exam, um, there is a montage of you having done a lot of assassination, which is all the other Hitman games, apparently. <laughs> and now you are playing more, so Good you're not missing touch. anything if you haven't played any of it. But they are really, they are really fun if you like stealth action puzzle games, because really the Hitman game, it's not, it's not an action game. It's much more. A puzzle game because the uh, the the whole thing is trying to be um, the whole thing is trying to be as uh, as subtle and stealthy as possible. So a way to uh, you know finding a way to to get to get away with murder without anyone noticing that you've done it in massive crowd scenes. It, it's it, it takes a lot of computational power. Like there are so many people in every level that uh, finding a, a, a that managing to sneak to uh, Managing to uh, to actually successfully murder someone without getting caught is really kind of a trick. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's my signal boost. So no, it kind of picks up the slack a little bit for not having a whole lot to talk about pre-spoiler. What what other non-spoiler stuff do we have to cover? So we have the basic premise, uh, you know, of it. I mean, it's set, you know, what six months post blip something. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, well, yeah, a few months post blip. Um, you know, and it's, I mean, the, the basic premise is that they're trying to, you know, deal with the world that has that, you know, the change of the world with, you know, what, you know, three, three and a half, uh, four billion post, uh, post the re- post end game. <laughs> it was like five, uh, five years went by during that period, right? And like right. Between, between the the between blip the, and. Yeah, between the opening oh. credits of Endgame and uh, yeah. that's why yeah. I said post Endgame because this is right. post everyone being snapped back because you have to remember Bucky and uh, Sam were both um, were both snapped out of existence. Right, and that's um, so. This is like somewhere close in the like Spider Man um, Far From Home, right? Because the, all the they, uh, all the kids Far came. Uh, Far From Home happened just a few weeks. A few weeks you cut out there when. Uh, just a few, a few weeks post blip. But I thought the um, the the kids were gone for like years. Oh though. yeah. Well, they were gone five, four or five years. But Far From Home takes place a few weeks post blip, as does Wandavision. Yeah. Let's see here. Let me get a. But yeah, Spider Man uh, Far From Home takes place five years after Infinity War. Um, yeah. Well, you have to keep in mind the blip is a is. The co- collectively, the blip is both everyone leaving and everyone coming back. Right. Not yeah. just everyone getting snapped out of existence. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying with the whole like you know the five years have passed thing. Right. I mean, not for the people that um, 
not for people that were blipped, of course, which, by the way, that opens a weird um, Pandora's box, can of worms, et cetera, et cetera, of like legal issues, because it's like if somebody is a minor and they're blipped and they're gone for five years and they come back, are they still the same age? Like you how did address that in Far From Home? You still haven't seen that, have you? No, I, I saw it. It's just been a while. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they addressed it. Um, Flash Thompson tried to buy booze, but couldn't. Oh, okay. So they did actually, in, in that movie, they addressed that. Okay. So everyone's yeah. considered uh, however old they were when they were blipped. <clears throat> yeah. Right. But yeah, that is a, that's a big, that's central to the storyline, as Ben was saying, is before we got into the, the weeds there, um, about the exact timeline is that there's all the the massive, like, trying to figure out okay now how the fuck do we like you know as <laughs> individual societies and as earth collectively figure out how to you know reorganize all this shit now that half the yep. people that are gone are back all of a sudden mm-hmm. yeah. um i feel that we don't have much more to say at present um, um yeah i mean we got yeah i mean mo- we not- have a lot more to say but the, let let yeah. let us let us loose our tongues a bit. Yeah, it's such a short series. There's not much you can really get into non-spoiler. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say it's good. I recommend it if you want to go watch it and yeah, then um, listen to it, the rest of this. I, Disney. I, honestly, I feel like Disney, pro, like Disney and Marvel, should probably, if it weren't for the fact that it, that it's probably prohibitively expensive, I'd say they should stop making movies and just start making miniseries. I think it'd probably actually work better for them overall. Mm-hmm. But. I'm not sure, like, what the uh, how the financials on that would look. Yeah, well, we'll see. Because the miniseries that it really kind of falls better into the uh, sort of the the um, like comic books. You know how you'll have a storyline that's x num that's n number of books long. And if you right. do a miniseries <laughs> like that, I think it would work well. But well, that's a good point that it makes sense because it's more analogous to the original comic book uh, format of storytelling because you're you're looking at comic book characters and like universes and whatnot that they're based off of. So it only makes sense that a serialized visual mm-hmm. medium, you know, well, is going to capture that better than just a big movie. Right. And Marvel's Marvel's cinematic approach is very similar to its original comic book approach mm-hmm. in that, you know, you would have continuity from one from one series bleeding over into another. Right. You know, and that's something that I've kind of I haven't been doing a lot of reading of, of comic books in the past few years. But what I've heard a lot of people talk about is, you know, continuity in another book does not affect what goes on in the book you're currently reading. Well, it's interesting because, you know, you have the whole like um, Netflix to Disney plus shift with like the Marvel rights and, mm-hmm. you know, the series being done and all that. Right. And um, in some senses, like it's they I, I think, are you know, one of the reasons why um, WandaVision and uh, Falcon Winter Soldier are such quality shows because they've had like plenty of practice, like right. doing all this stuff as far as like Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and you know Iron Fist. And I'm waving my my hand around to indicate <laughs> that it's Iron Fist good. Uh, but you know, you can learn from things that aren't you know particularly great as well sometimes a lot more than the ones that are just raging successes you know and of course the punisher i don't want to leave that out punisher is really good yeah well and and the thing with the marvel cinematic universe is you have you know i mean you have stuff that happens in films affecting the outcome of their films ant-man was a great example you know you can tell exactly where ant-man happens because the end credit scene 
you know. True. Um, um, speaking of, by by the way, also speaking of um, the Netflix uh, series, um, industry rumors indicate that pretty much everyone except for Luke Cage has uh, gotten new contracts with Marvel at this point. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, I I I'm not I don't know whether the except for Luke Cage is because they just haven't bothered to. Like that particular rumor hasn't made it into the rumor. Yeah, it hasn't or whether... leaked or announced or whatever. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, exactly. They haven't. Like, you know, it's still trying. Like <laughs> it is all. It is as close to confirmed as you can get until the cast list comes out that Charlie Cox is going to be in the next Spider-Man. Yeah, I was going to say that's the thing that I had heard that made me kind of you know um, reach that same conclusion more or less. Uh, Flash Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Parker. Right, that old comic chestnut. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking for almost definitely happen. Now it could be a massive disinformation campaign, but it seems unlikely. I mean, so far these these rumors and leaks have been pretty accurate. Yeah. So it's probably true. Yeah. That'll be an interesting uh, dichotomy, by the way. The the um, the insecurity and nervousness of Peter Parker contrasted against the like stoic badassery of Matt Murdock. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Funny, interesting little tidbit about Charlie Cox. Uh, you know why he manages to pull off looking blind so well? Hmm. It's because he put on opaque uh, contact lenses. Oh wow! So he really couldn't see a lot of that. So for so for see so for scenes wherein you would see him look standing looking around with you know kind of his eyes not focused on anything, it's because he couldn't focus his damn eyes on anything. That's some Daniel Day Lewis right. shit right there, brother. <laughs> Right, method as fuck. Yeah, method AF, man. Respect. Interesting little tidbit I ran across. At some, I was like, yeah, he actually blinded himself to play to play Daredevil. Right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, shall we segue? Pause for music. Right. Pause for station identification, and uh, then we'll come back. Hey, look, it's a station. Um, that's no moon. What? That's <laughs> no moon. It's a station. It's a space uh, station. So, so Ben will probably understand what I meant when I said pause now for station vacation. Having been a DJ, yes. Yes. <laughs> However, for anyone else, um, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a reference to radio. Obligatory Ben is old joke. <laughs> that one was not intentional either. Although, uh, to be fair, it's not like, you know, it's not like yeah. we weren't picking up that reference. No. Right. But some of, the, but, but some of, some of those youngins may not listen to... Uh, syndicated radio, where if, where from time to time the radio uh, broadcast would pause so that the station could get in their call letters. And by the way, you're listening like especially you get this a lot with like AM sports radio, which is where I heard it because on car rides with my dad, we'd listen to the to the Royals games on the radio, and they would frequently say, "We will pause now for station identification," which was the opportunity for whatever affiliate uh, for the Royals radio network was uh, to get in some call signs and some of their ads before the Royals radio network played their ads. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say it's an opportunity for you to go take a ways or get a sandwich or something, but okay. <laughs> also true. Both. That's, that's not, that's not incorrect. You know, you know, uh, he's out of line, but he's not wrong. Right. So, I've, been, I've been loving that particular meme, by the way. Well, and okay, so overall, I gotta say, Zemo was the scene stealer for me. Oh uh, God, he's so good. Yeah, and I have to jump in and, and mention something real quick so I don't forget it because this, I, I, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, oh man, we have to talk about this. That scene where they're at the club and there's that shot of Zemo like getting down 
Like that is the funniest fucking thing I'd seen in weeks. There is he an does that little shuffle. It's, it's almost like a Rick Astley move. He yeah, he's like that. <laughs> trying yeah. to blend in. He's <laughs> doing yeah. a little dance in the floor. It's fucking hilarious. There's an hour of that on YouTube. And actually, oh, it's, I, it, it's, as soon it's, as I saw it, I'm like, okay, so this is a GIF. Like, this is a GIF that is that is being spread around the internet as I view this. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it is. So, yeah, there is uh, Zemo dancing is a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, they I, didn't, I, I instinctively knew it. I knew yeah, it had to be a thing. <clears throat> there is a, um, there is a, um, um, and basically an out, you know, basically everything that was cut put together in one like 30 second thing um let's see here hang on a second <laughs> like right. a mashup um, yeah I'll, I'll put a link I'll, I'll put a link in the uh in, in uh, i'll put a link um on the uh on on the episode uh list with the signal boost Thanks. yeah I found it see i found it uh the extended scene is like a minute long i can drop it in there if you like uh, i found the one hour of zemo dancing and that's what i'm gonna put up <laughs> okay but yeah, uh, Zemo is great. I, I agree that he stole the he stole every scene he was in. Wait right. a second. So you're telling me you're rich? I'm a baron, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but I mean, Zemo was in control every second of the way. Even when he was captured, he knew that shit was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, the, the actor is great, too. Yeah. Yeah. He does such a good job of like it's it's tough to be both understated and over the top at the same time, but that motherfucker pulls it off. Right? We'll see, and we and we see that in Civil War. All the way through, he is in control the entire way. He does more damage to the Avengers and isn't there for any of it, you know? And then uh he just you know, and throughout this one, he's in control the whole way. Although I did like how Bucky, you know. Winter soldiered his way uh, to help him get out of out of jail. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting three lines there. Do I know? Do it, Neil. I also loved how Bucky didn't ask permission at all. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh no. Yeah. No. He, was... he didn't tell Sam that he was going to do this. He just yeah. He just fucking did it. <laughs> right. It's the whole like ask better to you know ask yeah. for forgiveness than permission but kind of thing. You, right. past me because he would have tried to stop me. Right. That and that and you know the other side of that I think is Bucky was doing plausible deniability. You know they couldn't hold Sam accountable for what he didn't know was going to happen. Well, yeah, I mean it's convenient, right, to have both of those reasons because then he can just be like, oh well, hey, you know I'm looking out for you. You didn't know, so you can't be, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, I mean that'd be a pretty hard line to sell, I suppose. And to be fair, he didn't even really try to do it. He's like, no, I just thought it was a thing, and you're going to try to stop me. So yeah, this is happening now. <laughs> yeah. By the and- way, it's very on the nose, but like. You know, he's he's reading Machiavelli's The Prince, and it's like that whole that whole situation is very much just a Machiavellian thing. So, you know, I thought that was a nice touch, well, although a little a little obvious, but but also Zemo was reading something. Was it no no Zemo wasn't reading the one uh late uh philosopher, it was uh it was Bucky that was reading that, wasn't he? No, he's uh, reading it in his cell. No, but yeah, Zemo was reading Nietzsche, but uh or Machiavelli. Yeah. But uh, Bucky was reading another one. Oh man, hang on a second. Now I got. I got to look it up. What? Because uh, <clears throat> let's see here. Bucky's reading list. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like that. Um, Cap slash Steve's book was like a thing that that was yeah. kind of like a through line from the original, like all the way back to him first being, you know, unearthed <laughs> in uh, the Winter Soldier movie. Right. And I also liked <clears> how <throat> there was a. Well, I also liked the symbolism of uh, of Bucky giving it up at the end because he's like, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying. I'm hanging on to my ideal of who Captain America was. Right. Right. Also, trying to use someone else's like you know method of making sense of the world instead of doing his own thing as well. Right. I love. Uh, there, there's a, uh, there's, there's so many great memes going around, especially about Bucky. How he was, how he's an original nerd. Right. I read. Marvels at at Howard Stark's. Uh, he marvel marvels at Howard Stark's uh, flying car at the at the Stark Expo during World War Two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He he gushes over how cool all the tech is in Wakanda, and he read The Hobbit when it first came out in 1937. Right? Same year it came out, yeah. That is the ultimate hipster move, by the way. He's like, yeah, I read The Hobbit before it was, you know. It was cool. That was the ultimate. cool. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I was just looking for uh, Bucky. Because Bucky's book um, isn't... Uh, shh. For a second. I, um... While you're saying that, I, I did want to shout out the um, the the nightmare scene was pretty ba. That was a intense way of kind of like throwing you into that mindset. You know, I thought that was pretty well done. Right. Kind of capture some of that uh, that visceral oh. brutality. Also, uh, don't be a dick, to Sebastian fan. Apparently, like people go up at, and every every time a fan interacts with them, they start oh, yeah. uh, reciting the Winter Soldier activation work phrases. And he's no. terribly sick of it. This is like uh, people asking Matt Mercer what time it is at conventions. It's like, all right, haha, we've all had a laugh. Now stop doing it forever. <laughs> right. Yep, I could see that. There My favorite that. example of that, though, um, of the whole like tired reference is when Fight Club was new and people would walk up to either Brad Pitt or Edward Norton and be like, great movie, sir, and then just keep walking. <laughs> I thought that was pretty amusing. Right. All right, so yeah, because he was reading a, he was reading a, a philosophy, basically a uh, philosophy book, and I can't remember what it was. Can't help. Uh, and, so, yeah. What is what is the what is the sound of one vibranium vibranium arm clapping? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, so um, I. I gotta say, I was something. Something I was also very impressed by um, with this was um, how large a production it was, given the fact that it was produced in the middle of the damn pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, like WandaVision, at least was on, was on a relatively closed set mm-hmm. with a relatively small um, cast, mm-hmm. um, whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier was had, had a location budget of damn. Right, yeah. um, uh, some globe-trotting Mission Impossible style and it shit. Had quite a, it had quite a few, you know, large crowd scenes. I'm like, so props to you guys for managing to make that happen in the year of our Lord 2020. Right. Oh, by the way, another another through line from the previous movies is Batrock the Leaper. Oh yeah, yeah Batrock was. Scary. I'm so sad they killed Batrock. Well, all we saw that was was that he was shot. I don't yeah, know. I guess he could have survived. But yeah, I, I did. I I liked how Batrock the Leaper got a couple uh, additional. Um, and that opening action scene was fucking balls to the wall. Awesome. Yeah. What a great way to kick things off. It's one of those things where it's like you know immediately get get people's attention, get them invested. And, uh, it's it's kind of like uh, analogous to Star the original Star Wars movie opening up and just like you know 
lasers and people being flung around by Darth Vader and just immediately get your attention. Right. All back in the last in the last episode when he used pretty much the same uh, same yeah the same maneuver <laughs> instead of taking someone out through a passenger seat, uh, taking someone out of the captain's seat. Right. Yeah. Pilot seat. Whatever. You know what I mean. Right. No, I get that. Yeah, that was really good. I enjoyed yeah. the the Red Wing stuff as well. Right. And that was so great when uh, when the the bad guy like snapped it in half and Bucky's like I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh yeah. But um so I mean throughout the whole thing I mean we get a lot of good callbacks. You know, we get uh you know I mean and this is to me Madripoor in the Marvel universe holds a special place in my heart. Um so you know I I love the fact that they actually went to Madripoor. You know. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, they, just so, uh, what else was, I mean, there's so much good stuff. in. There. Well, piggybacking off the Mad Report thing, one of the things that threw me the most was uh, Sharon is going to be, is the fucking power broker now? Like, what the hell? I did not well, see that coming. She's the power broker, power broker, but she's definitely the power broker, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Wait, what now? So there was a there's a character in, in Marvel Comics referred to as the power broker. Um, interestingly enough, U.S. agent, um, who was played by our Wyatt Russell, got his Captain America powers from the power broker. Uh, power broker Inc. in the comic books was uh, run by a mutate who could give you superpowers um, mm-hmm. with the uh, with the contractual obligation that. He got seventy percent of any revenue that you made from having superpowers. So that's one of the most literal names ever, then, because it is quite literally power brokering powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So and Sharon was not that power broker, although she did happen to actually empower U.S. Agent as well. She is the power broker in in this in terms yeah, of this. She is the power broker in this universe, but it's it's important to notice that note there is a character called the power broker who she is not. So is that the understanding that Val, the Julia Louis-Dreyfus character, was um, that that was the benefactor that she was referring to, the power broker? Or was that I something think, else? I, I think that's possible. I know it, it was unclear. Madam Hydra. Yeah, she is actually Madam Hydra. In the in the comics, that character was Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Like Valentina, whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Countess Valerie, etc. <laughs> Yeah, which was which was which was i'm sorry julia louise dreyfus ate the scenery she just did oh it was amazing she did so much with the the short screen time that she had like good lord fucking a, yeah i mean yeah i just you know it was like it was like elaine uh you know only with you know with actual competence <laughs> you know gravitas yeah these boots were not made for walking <laughs> so She's done a couple. Uh, she's done a, t- a couple pretty good dramatic roles, although none of them. Although for some reason now none of them spring to mind. But he's not just Elaine anymore. Nope. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Um, I don't know. My brain stopped again. I've. I have. Real life has kind of been kicking my ass of late, so I apologize if I'm kind of out of it. Uh, I understand. I had to go back to the site for my mental health. It's been the best thing I've done in weeks. Um, so. But yeah, I mean, so now that we're kind of in spoiler territory, I mean, we kind of we're yeah, waist deep in it. Yeah, yeah, like you know, waist deep in that torso. Anyways, um, the uh, the the whole thing. I mean, you had multiple lines going at once. 
I mean, Carly Morgenthau was, you know, was the leader of the Flag Smashers as opposed to the Flag Smasher, you know, used to from. Uh, that was a great, you know, there was that, there was that whole thing. But then you had Zemo. I'm reminded of, of Sam had so many fantastic lines, like, you know, he's out of line, but he's right. Or what, is that a thing bad guys are doing now? Giving themselves dumb names? Right. <laughs> or what's right. that Bucky's line? I can't, it was someone's line. And it was like, wow, that is a horrible, that, that is, that, that is. <laughs> oh, speaking of callbacks, I love the whole, the callback to not moving the seat up. That was great. Right. And but, uh, yeah, I like their I like their odd couple dynamic and, you know, it's predictable, but still enjoyable where it's like, all right. So when I went into the show, I'm like, all right, so they're going to start off and they're going to practically hate each other. And then they're going to they're going to work through some shit. and They're going to have like a grudging respect and they're going to be like bros at the end. And it's like, oh, imagine that. That's exactly what happened. Right. So and I like that, you know, all of course, the whole thing to this, you know, fighting the flag smasher, the power bro, Zemo, uh, you know, um, and, and all that. All that was just the journey to Sam becoming Captain America. Mm-hmm. And, let's, and let's not forget, you know, the the uh, Captain America at the time as well, along with Battlestar, who are the right. two people I was referring to earlier in the non-spoiler half is the, yeah. the new casting. Why right. and what's name? I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Although, honestly, I couldn't remember Battlestar either. The only reason yeah. I remember Wyatt Russell is because he's, you know, Kurt Russell's son. Are you talking about the actors? I didn't really look them up, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, then there's the whole thing where they had to basically, ugh, one of the most iconic images of that whole thing is John Walker standing over the body of yeah, the bloody shield with a shield with blood on it. Yeah, that's yeah. some powerful imagery. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's suddenly, and suddenly it's like I'm having this, this national treasure moment. Got to steal the shield now. <laughs> you know, you got to steal the shield to protect the shield. Um, you know, I thought. Um, his the john's character was kind of interesting because like when i went into it i'm like oh this is going to be very like oh this guy's obviously a douche and he's just going to be this clear antagonist but they actually made it a lot more like gray than that you know like this guy was like a hero his entire life he's served all these tours and got medals of honor and was like this loyal like dude who seemed fair actually and was actually humbled by the honor of becoming captain america Mm-hmm. And he made some mistakes, but like he wasn't just a douche. He wasn't like a Captain Hammer type, you know? Yeah. Like he saw things differently. And of course, he had to play by the rules more because he's the official Captain America. So he was at odds with Falcon and Winter Soldier when they went off book and they're busting out Zemo and all this sketchy shit, you know? Right. Which was brilliant, by the way, because he's going, they're not, we can't find him, but there's somebody who can. Let's let them do it, you know? Uh, but, and when he did go off the rails, I mean, Damn, he did have good reason. Yeah, he he had the problem. It, like one one of the things that really began his downfall as a character was he expected people to respect him as Captain America as much as they respect respected Steve Rogers. Which yeah, he was expecting them to uh, to respect the title because yeah. he you know and that what he and what he forgot was that people respected the man. Yeah, and you know, do you know who I am? I mean, that's I mean, that's I was like, okay, Karen. You know, Everyone who, ever has, <laughs> who I am definitely isn't important enough for me to know who you are, right? Or you well, know, the, and the response was great. It was just like, yes, I just don't care, right? Exactly. It's like, yeah, um, I know who you are. I just don't care, right? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, that doesn't make any difference. Um, but and the other thing about it, which did you know, was the whole the introduction of Isaiah Bradley and the idea that there was another Captain America 
this. Did you read his plaque, by the way? Uh, I tried to, but I, I, I it, it and read his plaque. It's pretty. It, it was it was pretty interesting. Like it was like so. This is Isaiah Bradley. Uh, you've never heard of him. Um, during the during the Korean War, some really hinky experiments were like I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Right. Him and a group of other people were illegally and unknowingly experimented on. Um, but hey, he, he happens to be a super soldier. Hmm. Yeah, and hang on a second. And, so yeah, and and see that was the one thing that kind of ah, you know, uh, had it been anybody but Sam doing it, that particular bit at the end, it was like, look here, we we gave you, you know, we gave you a uh, we gave you a plaque, you know, over here in this back corner of the Captain America exhibit. Um, it wasn't a back corner. Well, I don't think they established it as a back corner. Well, no, it's just. Um, it, it was, a, you know, it was a back court, but it was still, um, I don't know, it, I, I know what they were trying to do, you know, it just, it, it fell short to me, you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I don't know, like, what are you supposed to do, dismantle the entire, do you want to dismantle the entire Captain America exhibit now? Like, no, that's, that's the thing. It becomes a, 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 trick, a sticky wicket. Right. No, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying, uh, anything about that because that's captain america that's you know that's that is a genuinely good person um i just think they could have done something a little differently not undone anything you know i think some of that has maybe um like um yeah. issues of like uh time constraints or editing or whatever like yeah. i wasn't getting the impression that they're just like oh we're just gonna kind of you know it's just kind of a throwaway oh we do a favor for sam we throw a little thing in the corner or whatever like i think it was more substantial than that they just didn't really make it clear like yeah. Yeah. the gravity of it I mean, um, he got yeah. a statue. That's that. That. Oh yeah. Well, and the, and the thing of it is, is you know, I mean, paraphrasing it, kind of, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it does, you know, says what doesn't. Say also the plaque had a lot more gravitas than I mm -hmm. would have, than, than I gave it by paraphrasing because yeah, I can't remember it, but like it was, it it, it looked like a legit museum. Um, mm -hmm. Exhibit display. and also yeah, display, I yeah. got the impression that it wasn't in some back corner of the Captain America. Right. The Captain America well, is a through line, and it was on the through line. Right. Well, and I, yeah. like I said, it's I, I don't think it was presented as well because that was the impression it gave. But I like there's one line in it or two lines in it, um, you know that that really that really stood out as honoring who he was, and it was one that I I got to I got to read the first part of it. Uh, you know, is uh, during the conflict against all odds, Bradley rescued his fellow soldiers and 26 other POWs from behind enemy lines. But also um, is at the end, reading this one, his family was issued a falsified death certificate. And for decades, the truth of his unflinching bravery was buried. That's, you know, that to me, that is that, you know, does a lot to, you know, to go, look, this is this, this was a good man. This is a good man, you know. And yeah, I'm glad he got his own, you know, his part of it. But I just like, ah, they rushed it. You know what I'm saying? I think that it yeah. deserved a little better. I think they, they rushed it. I, I agree there that they could have done better, but at the same time, mm -hmm. I, I also agree with Mike that they only had so much time yeah. to really devote to it. Yeah, right. I mean, they had a decent amount of, like, that was a legit, like, subplot mm -hmm. within the series as a whole. So Right. And I like that they did, I like that they did. That, hit that, that was on the cutting room floor. Right. Well, and that, and I like that they did, you know, pay that much attention to the, uh, you know, to the, to that subplot, especially with Sam going to him, you know, because Isaiah became the mentor, you know, the, the, the mentor 
for who Captain America was to him, I think. I thought um Sam was Sam was kind of like a um like a middle ground between the um extremely uh disgruntled and for good reason Isaiah and John's just kind of like, All right, let's go, rah rah. Like, you know, right. like he was someone who's like, All right, well, you know, obviously like, you know, in, in history if any any country or government, you know, we have done bad things and we are not a perfect country, but at the same time it's still worth defending and it's important to have, you know, a right. person who's worthy of the the title and of the you know, the whole idea of Captain America and everything. And I thought it was cool that he was able to kind of like bridge that divide on those two kind of extreme uh, approaches to it. Right. Well, and and that's and I, I think they also did a very good job of of without preaching to it, um, you know, explaining the difference between uh, between John Walker and uh, you know and Sam Wilson in that <clears throat> you know John Walker is a perfect soldier, but Erskine didn't want a soldier; he wanted a good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. You go back to the uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. And um, I feel like if you rewatch that movie after having seen this series, it'll, you know, a lot of the themes will kind of speak to you. Uh, I, by the way, I thought that was a great line where <laughs> he was like, oh, have you ever jumped on a grid? And he's like, yeah, like three times, bro. <laughs> he's like, have you seen my medals of honor? <laughs> I thought that was a hilarious little exchange, but, you know. Yeah. And, and it just, yeah, I think, I mean, overall, I really love that they handled you know, who Captain America is, you know, um, because Sam, you know, at the end, Sam was not the Steve Rogers Captain America. He doesn't have the super soldier serum. He's more like a, a kind of a mix between Steve Rogers and Tony fucking Stark, yeah. you know? Uh, at yeah, the that end, is interesting, actually. I hadn't really thought about that. That's a good point. Vibranium, everybody's getting vibranium shit these days. Everybody gets vibranium. Well, yeah, fucking Wakanda is the replacement. Yeah, it takes an entire country to replace Tony Stark. Uh, but... Oh, by the way, I did. I have a. I have a question here to you, two gentlemen. I was a little unclear about. This is one of the things that I, I thought that the pacing or editing or whatever did not so well was. I was unclear on the transition of. Sam officially like Sam becoming Captain America is it seems like one moment he's just kind of like training and like another moment she's like oh but BT dubs he's Captain America and there was like no official acknowledgement of it well there's a training montage of him getting good with the shield was also him accepting the 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 mantle of Cap no I get that but my question is like when did it actually become official because they never actually explicitly show him like getting the green light officially. It's just like, hey, I'm Captain America now. Never was. He just he 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 just showed up and was Captain America and nobody argued with him. Okay. Yeah. Well that yeah, see that's the thing. And I found it really bizarre because didn't um like there's the scene where um um Bucky is like, you know, calling up kind of like, hey, I have a favor and like, you know, he they he he hooks him up with the suit and it's like I don't know it just struck me as kind of weird that it's like oh we're gonna develop like all this suit and tech from Wakanda and then like throw it over here and then it's like oh and this is Captain America and it, it, all the all the stuff is from a foreign country yeah. like I thought that was kind of weird and shady really just hand wavy and more than anything else right because you know when you think about it I mean Cap is also from Wakanda um, you know and it's it's not. But also by the but same, that was after the fact. Yeah, but the the other part of that is that you know I mean that's America. It's a fucking melting pot. 
you know, <laughs> um, but I think the the whole thing about it was is that Sam was kept was made Captain America when Steve gave him the shield. That's to it, me that was against it for a while. Right, right. This was this was his journey from getting the shield to accept. Well, sure, I, I don't disagree with any any of this thematically. I'm just thinking in universe, it's kind of interesting that they just gloss over such a huge thing. You know, yeah, it's, right. it's very much more uh, as Nick Fury said. I just didn't argue with the god who did. Right. Well, it, it is kind of it is kind of interesting though because like Captain America started off. You know, obviously he was very official and he was like out there selling war bonds and shit. You know, it was like right. the U.S you know, mm-hmm. government stamped seal of approval, helping World War II, yada, 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 um, kick the Nazis' ass and all that good stuff. Um, but then later on, you have the whole Civil War scenario, right? Where, where Steve is like, no, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to register and this isn't, I'm not going to sign the accord or whatever. And like, this isn't right. And so it's, I guess in a way it is kind of, you know, somewhat fitting in that sense that it's a less uh, official well, sanctioned Captain right. America, but the people just accept him as Captain America. Right. Well, actually, that I think that takes it uh, goes before Civil War. That goes to fucking Winter Soldier, uh, because in Winter Soldier is where we first start seeing Steve, uh, you know. Yeah, that's a good point, because he starts getting hunted and all that shit. Well, yeah. he shrugged. And, and so, you know, I think you make a good point there in, in Captain America. He was, you know, ta-da, and wearing the red, white and blue. But then we see in Winter Soldier, he's wearing that blue, you know, that blue uh blue costume it's more of a shield approved yeah and he's you know he's not feeling like captain america he's questioning everything um you know and it's in in that one that he throws off the government mantle and becomes you know becomes captain america you know because fuck you uh becomes the you know becomes the f you um you know, shall we say the private sector of Captain America? Exactly. You know, he just privatized, you know, he privatized patriotism. And um, so, you know, and then from there, because the next step goes to, okay, so after Captain, after Winter Soldier, we have, um, we Civil have. Civil War is officially a, a Cap movie, although I really consider it Avengers 2.5. But Right. It's kind of, it's kind of a, it's a team up, <laughs> you know. Um there, but yeah, it's a, it was a Captain America so, friends team up. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that didn't we have another movie in between uh, uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War? No. So no. thinking that Age of Ultron was, but no, Age of Ultron actually came before. Uh, right. Yeah, it was Age of Ultron, and then uh, Winter Soldier came out after that, um, uh-huh. and then Civil War after that. Right. Because yeah. So I mean, we we start to see you know that at that point you know. Because Steve isn't acting really, you know, the Avengers are doing their own thing. And Steve's not just, you know, on S.H.I.E.L.D. missions at that point, because S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist. Um, And so at that point, yeah, Captain America stopped being officially government sanctioned, uh, you know. Apparently I'm wrong. Winter Soldier, then Age of Ultron, then Civil War. Oh, that was right before Age of Ultron? Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, and at that point in Age of Ultron, you know, he was still being an Avenger, but he wasn't being a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yeah. You know. He was running Shield Avengers. Right. Well, that, yeah. yeah and that, you know, because after Winter Soldier, Shield just falls apart. Yeah. So he's unofficial to begin with. And he didn't, you know, he didn't. So and then we get through, you know, uh, Age of Ultron. And then, yeah, uh, at the end of Civil War, yeah, he's on the run, but he's still Captain America, even without the Shield. Yeah. Um, and at the, you know, at the end of Avengers, 
you know, uh, at the end, you know, Infinity War, you know, he shows back up, still on the run, still unofficially Captain America, because it's not official. And that seems to be the theme is, is that Captain America is not a soldier. He's not following orders. Well, that's uh, another obvious theme in the um, running theme in this sh- series was the whole, like, the shield does not make the man. Like, it's iconic. It can be important. It can be useful, but it's not what makes Cap Cap. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, just and that's that's the the thing that you know that comes back to your point mike is sam was given the shield by cap and you know it was there's no you know it's ever since um winter soldier there's no one no one yeah no one else gets to recognize that except whoever's bearing the shield well his his uh his reluctance and humility reflects steve's um even before he was captain america when he's like signing mm-hmm. up to fight even though physically like they wouldn't let him in because he was you know he had yeah. all these he was practically yeah. falling he apart asthma and couldn't see him yeah. yeah he had like all of the things he had a laundry list of reasons Speaking they wouldn't of, accept him right yeah a brief aside um you should look up at some point uh the psa uh comics of uh, captain america versus the asthma monster <laughs> interesting so yeah i mean and that's the that's the thing is and again it comes back to the fact that captain america is not a soldier he is you know well he was a soldier but he was but only only by necessity right yeah he's you know he's just the you know a good guy well there's Uh, there's a contrast of you know there there are certain people that um you mm -hmm. know war happens um, there's a, you know, the country needs defending. There's, there's a thing that happens and then they become a soldier out of necessity. And then the war ends and they're not a soldier anymore. And then there are people who are just by their definition soldiers, regardless yeah. of whether there's a war or not. Right. And some of those people are good and some of those people are horrific and some of those people are in between, but there's definitely a, um, there's definitely a distinction between the type of person who is just, okay, I'm going to be a soldier because I have to be, because I need to be, because I'm going to protect, you know, my family, my country, whatever. And then it's over and they're done. And then there's the people that just pathologically, they, they can't help but be like, I'd say the antagonist um, in a way, well, no, it's not a good example because she, she heightens things out of a sense of like desperation. It's not that she's looking initially to just like blow shit up or whatever, but I guess right. in a way she's, I mean, she's a fanatic for a cause. So there's some parallels yeah. there. She, to, she, she doesn't know how to communicate her point was made of, was one of her main was not even one of it was really her main problem right because yeah she was doing what she did out of a sense of duty as well um you know and the thing is is at the end of the day um she succeeded but only because captain america steps up and says hey look at what you're doing she died for you know she died for this reason and there are people who support her and if you keep doing what you're doing you know without without thinking about that you're gonna deal be dealing with a lot more people just like her by the way i thought that was a great tie-in of um um, another reason why sam is just has the right character and disposition to be the new cap is all of his experience with the counseling with the the veterans that are suffering from ptsd and trying to reintegrate to society and all this stuff like in a way, the the whole blip post blip thing is like a macro level of that in many respects, and uh, all of his experience with that gives him the like you know the relatability mm-hmm. and empathy that's needed to be a leader, regardless of whether he's thrown punches or not. You know exactly, and that's and that's again that's why you know why Steve chose him. You know, and the other thing the thing I've loved about I've loved about Sam Wilson from the beginning is 
he knows he's in, you know, he's, he's swimming in deep waters, you know, uh, you know, the, the, one of my favorite lines of his, is, I do what he does just slower, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, um, you know, and, and he is, you know, he's the, he's the quintessential, you know, good man, um, you know, throughout it all. The other, the other sub arc that I love about it was, was the thing with the family's boat. You know, you know, and trying to get it running again, and trying to get it, you know. And I would like to say Tony Stark had more money than God. Why exactly didn't he have have a small account for mm-hmm. for you know Avengers needing who who you know? Because uh, then we don't have a subplot. Yes, I know. Because but, reasons. It, right. it, it, there are so many things where you could expect Tony Stark's money. Yeah, but, it, it was a point yeah. that, that that I found frustrating. It's like. Yeah, it did seem a bit, you know, silly like, that Avengers don't have us. Could have like yeah. called up Pepper and been like, "Hey, can you float me twenty grand?" Well, hell, he'd just drop a whole new. F- well, he would just like do a complete like overhaul of the boat. Yeah, right. right. It's going. Oh, we need a new boat. Hey, I've got this fleet hanging around. Yeah, it. Tony's dead, but you know, he you could still probably ask Pepper Potts for that. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Tony Inc., not yeah. uh, Tony Proper yeah. anymore, but yeah, sure. But yeah, right. Like, hey, um, so I was an Avenger. And my family boat is getting repossessed. Can you help out? Yeah, how much you need? Like hundred thousand dollars? Right. Yeah, I got. I got that in my sock drawer. We'll see. Way, Go ahead. I wonder if uh, I was just going to say. I wonder if like if Steve had money in the bank before he went into freezy time for like seventy years. Because can you imagine the accumulated interest on like savings or accounts he, and investments or whatever? His back pay was just uh, phenomenal. Oh yeah, well that if nothing else, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of back pay. Um, but the other, you know, the other thing about that though, the, I think the reason because Sam, while it, you know, one point he was an Avenger uh, later on, he was still he was still Steve's friend, you know, and I don't think Sam would have wanted to go to somebody with his hand out. Well, I know? think what's what's inter- what's cool about um, what's interesting about Sam is that like he's an Avenger, but in a way it doesn't define him. I don't think of him right. first as an Avenger, which is interesting when you think right. about it, you know, because yeah. it's hard to like, whenever you have that big overpowering thing of, Hey, it's the Avengers, the iconic Avengers. Like, right. like if I, if I see like a Thor or a Hulk or something, I'm like Avenger. Like that's the immediate thing I think of in this context. But with Sam, I just think of him as Sam. I just think of right. him as Falcon first, not an Avenger, you know? Right. Cause I think all the way through he was he was his own he was his own thing he he defined he was not defined by being an avenger like you said uh i, I think that was i think you nailed it right there because from the beginning uh he was outside the avengers in winter soldier he was you know he was the the outsider who, who helped steve yeah he, he just kind of got drew into all this shit which you right. know, fed only, to the whole common theme of him being like i'm in way over my fucking head and, right he was an avenger because because you know steve was an avenger <laughs> you know, Avenger because Steve said, "Hey, I need an extra guy to be on the Avengers. You want to? You want the gig?" And the answer is always yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, I do. Captain America asks you if you want to be an Avenger. You say yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's so. And and this this whole thing was an exploration of I think what it means to be Captain America. You know, this whole thing was because this was Sam becoming Cap. You know, and the next season, as I understand it, is not going to be the Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's going to be Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, they actually did the title fade at the end yep. where they like yeah. the words. To, to uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier at the end. Right. 
Honestly, they should change it to Captain America and the White Wolf just to confuse everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that's also, apparently there. Also, there is a slate for Captain America Four, which is going to be featuring um, Anthony Mackie. Awesome. Captain America in a feature film. By the way, the White Wolf sounds like some kind of Game of Thrones shit. Well, the White Wolf also sounds like you know vampires and shit. So... <laughs> <laughs> they wrote the book, right? But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean that that whole thing. It, and the other part of it is, while Sam, you know, gave up custody of the shield, you know, in the in the first episode, and the ah, here's our new captain. Sam never gave up his guardianship of it. You know, at, the, at a certain point, he's going, "This guy is not worthy of that shield. We must take it from him," yeah. which didn't make Walker, you know, a a bad. Okay, so he killed somebody. That's you know, not the greatest. Um, he definitely, you know, went off the deep end. Because <laughs> he went off. The Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, Walker was not, but it was just like you know, he was not worthy to lift the shield. <laughs> you know, like Thor's hammer. Um, he was not the. He was not the person to carry it. And I, I love that after a certain point, because there was no debate with them about whether you know, once they made that decision, there was no fucking debate. It was like we got to take the shield. There's, there's no, you know, and it happens right after that. You know, they didn't even leave the diff- leave the damn city. <laughs> yeah, know? well, you know, time is of the essence. Right? Daylight. Who was sur- It was like, okay, so... They're doing damage control. committed a war crime. Right? Yeah. So yeah. we're confiscating that shield now. Yeah. And the and the U.S. government thought it belonged to them. And just like, uh, I love that... Uh, I love it was... The, it was... Uh, the legal gray area, they called it. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was you know, Valentina. So, yeah. Yeah, Madam Hydra says the ownership of that has been a gray area because I think it originally came from Stark. Yeah, no, it was it was a thing that Howard Stark had lying around because he had some vibranium that he got from Wakanda at one point. Well, I think this is probably like one of those situations where you have like a private citizen that like loans an item to a government museum or something like that, right? Right. So you could say that, like, you know, it's not official U.S. property. I, I don't know of the specifics of it, but yeah, it's definitely a legal gray area. Right. Well, that, and truth be told, if you think about it, the shield that Steve gave Sam was not the shield that Steve had at the be- uh, from the beginning. Because, the timey-wimey stuff. Well, no, yeah, Cap's shield got destroyed by, by fucking Thanos. His original shield guns, and he, it wasn't until he popped back in that he had an intact shield. Huh, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> so, it, it, it's, a, it's a whole rabbit hole, like uh, like like lightsabers, locations, I, I, and existences, and you know. Right. <laughs> I best to kind of ignore all of the massive temporal inconsistencies that are created by by. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah. Well, and, uh, there are so many. Right. Well, and you know, Marvel loves it. Loves its alternate timeline. Um, you know, yeah, because they were trying to do and uh, comics in general. Yeah, and, and it just all that. right. But it, yeah, the whole thing, you know, just you know, to get back to what I was originally saying, when Sam decides we got to take that shield, and Bucky backs him up, uh, you know, it's like there's no debate. Sam, from the beginning, was the custodian, and Bucky. You know, that's why Bucky was so mad at him because he was he was the person who. Well, was, they're at odds, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're at odds from t- from time to time, but they are both very fucking decisive. That's for sure. Exactly, 
And, you know, it just, um, that was a great fight scene. And how fucking badass was that when John ripped the fucking wings off of Falcon? I was like, damn son. Right. Yeah. And of course that had to happen. So that he get the adamantium wings or not the adamantium. The vibranium. Okay. Adamantium doesn't exist yet in this universe. Right. <laughs> now like, actually. Yeah. Well, vibranium. I don't know. Like, I don't know when, like, <sighs> so vibranium is the fucking hand wavium, you know, the unobtainium of this. Universe. Yes. Uh, as Peter Parker pointed out, man, that shield just does not obey the laws of physics at all. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But um, one thing I loved about this, uh, if you um, if you watch, um, like when Steve picks the shield up and uses it, I mean, it's like a fucking frisbee in his hands. Just you know, he uses it like a like a damn frisbee. It just throws it around like a pie plate. Everybody experience, man. Yeah. Well, and he's Captain America. For everybody else. Up until episode six, that thing is that thing is like a you know like a manhole cover. I don't know why it actually was doing pretty good uh, tossing it around as well. He was, um, you know, of course after he had the super soldier serum, but there was still that weight to it. It was heavy until Sam picked it up and used it as Captain America. Because once he picked it up and he was using it right, you know, even in the uh, even in the which I love that fuck you move that Batrock did when he throws the shield and, and Batrock throws the chair and knocks it out of the air. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was just like, but you know, yeah, no one's ever really done that to Steve. <laughs> no, no, they haven't. Uh, but you know, it, Steve never did that against Batrock, you know. Um, but it was just, um, of course. Steve is like, you know, Captain America, as Steve Rogers was the ultimate, you know, the ultimate combatant, you know, because he was doing stuff with the shield in, in Endgame with the shield and Thor's hammer that was just like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, yeah, straight up uh, jacked up, you know, paladin video game shit where it's like, oh, I just triggered my 24 hour ability and now I'm fucking going ham on you, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, he was doing dope monk shit to that thing. Yeah, you know? that's pretty great. <laughs> Um, well, I, I want to one thing about. It, I want to take a moment to shout out to Sharon Carter for being a complete fucking badass in that scene where she's holding off like a small army by herself. Like that was fucking nuts. Oh, in, in Madripoor, <laughs> all that. Yeah, when yeah, well, when they're in the shipping containers mm -hmm. uh, with the with the scientist, like she was doing all sorts of crazy ass like MMA shit and like. I, it was just so cool. It's such a great sequence. Right. Yeah, and just I, I love how she's just dispatching them like like it's almost nothing. And she's like, "All right, let's kind of hurry up here. I can only, you know, right. I can only defeat so many dozens of these so guys. Much. I only have so many reserves of badassium guys. Right, exactly. You know, and I, yeah, badass in the you know conf conservation of badass or yeah, she was taking up all the ninjutsu. <laughs> Also, I I think there's some some darkly funny moments throughout the series, like in that sequence where like you had the um, you had that like Mook who's all like psyching himself up, and then he like he like uh, you know pops out from cover, like he's he's all calculated, and she just easily fucking drops him, like right. <laughs> it comes around the corner, and she's yeah, it shoots around the corner, and she ducks, and then just back, you know. Well, he thinks he's being all like, oh, I'm waiting the right amount of time, and I'm using the right angle, but she's just sitting there like poised, just waiting like a like a coiled snake, and just like bam, right. just immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I no mean, hesitation. Right. And of course, then also Zemo with that fucking mask. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just some definitely like, you know, comic panels being realized at long last because in uh, Civil War, Zemo, like, Zemo was kind of Zemo in name only in a sense, where they didn't have 
a lot of the like comic parallels, but in this, he's rocking the furry jacket the whole time, and he he puts on that mask for a time. Yeah, yeah it's like his iconic purple yeah. mask. It's it's a patently stupid mask. Right, which is why it's just a quick. Well, it's kind of like how Luke Cage wore the original costume for a moment to have that like to have that shot, and he looks at himself and he's like, "You look like a damn fool." <laughs> or how Wanda rocked the Wanda Vision rocked the original. Yeah, yeah, the Halloween outfit exactly. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, and you know, but uh, there, I think there was purpose behind it. Of course, that's also Thunderbolts. But I love, I also love how Zemo basically led. Uh, Bucky to him at the end uh, with that one line, uh, you know, have you, did you, uh, did you visit the memorial? Of course you wouldn't. Right. You know, and of course Bucky, you know, going, Oh, okay, let's go check that out. Cause yeah, and it was like, I would I expected you sooner. Right. By the way, it is just, just as a kind of random aside, it is a little fucked up that they legit did not visit the memorial after all the shit that went down. Right. Like, what the hell, guys? Come on. Right. Well, I don't need, it, that's the first time it was ever mentioned, though. I wonder if they even knew. Yeah. Well, they, they got to know, right? Right. Well, They're I plugged in. They're Avengers. Right. We're Avenger adjacent. Avenger adjacent, right. And there's nothing saying that they didn't. But you Well, know. you could, I, I, I read that scene as they clearly didn't and were guilty. And so they yeah. were just silent. Yeah. Right. I mean that's my interpretation, but I'm pretty sure if they had, if they had been there, they'd been like, "Yeah, fuck off." Right. But well, you know, on the by the same token, I mean, Sam, you know, gone for five years. He just well, that's got... that's that's an important point. When did this memorial become a thing? Because they had right. been fucking gone for five years, so well, it may have been no fault of their own if they hadn't visited. Right. It. Well, that and he can't just you know, hey, let's just go over to you know to uh, to Sokovia. You know, hey, let me grab, you know, let me grab a, you know. Well, grab. yeah, Bucky can't exactly be showing himself in public when he's still the Winter Soldier and hasn't been pardoned and all that. Right. And Sam, you know, uh, aside, wings aside, he can't just, you know, hop a plane ticket. I mean, everything he does is government sponsored, you know. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, we were actually a little over time. Uh, we should probably go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, it so, was a good show. Um, as evidenced by the fact that we have waxed philosophic about many good things about it, as, as in, including the philosophy. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was, well, that was uh, a big part of it. It was because yeah. in many ways it was, you know, there's some big action set pieces, but it was more of a drama, kind of like WandaVision was, than a, like a straight-up superhero kind of right. romp, you know? Yep. Well, and that's that's what has been behind all of comics, you know, because everything here, you know, almost takes... Um, takes from you know well Wanda, WandaVision took a lot from the comics you know because the whole thing about uh Scarlet Witch and Vision has been their romance you know their you know their their whole relationship uh you know and Captain America was always about what it means to be a good person you know be you know as well as a good citizen um you know and just you know what is right you know um so yeah I, I think this is getting to the well, I mean, every comic, you know, every comic book film, there's always something, something for subtext. You know, I will say another generic compliment to give to the series is that, um, good job on not stretching it out artificially. Like six chapters felt about right. If they had tried to be like, oh, let's make it eight, like others, like yeah. um, probably wouldn't have worked as well. Right. No, it didn't work as well. You can never uh, get it perfect. Like there are certain things where we're like, okay, well, we might want to wanted to have seen this and not have it be on the cutting room floor, but I'd, I'd rather be a little bit of give and take there than have it be like, you know, significantly longer and then just kind of be worse as a whole. Right. Yeah. I think it, I think it, you know, they did well with the, you know, with the pacing on it. Because one thing I noticed about this one is there was no like 
real second show slump. Yeah, yeah. I think they I think they learned from some of this uh, some of the Netflix seasons where like it just kind of drug on, you know. Right. Well, they learned from WandaVision, um, you know, and so yeah, there was no there was not the quite it was a little bit there, but it wasn't exactly the second show slump. So yeah, really looking forward to Loki. Gotta say, yeah. Tom Hiddleston is uh, is is a uh, is a joy, and he and I have the same birth date. <laughs> cool. Not the same year, unfortunately, but uh, right. Although either that would make him younger or me older, and I'm not sure. Like either way, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure how well that would go. But. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Do, do we have a window for that yet? Uh, give me a second. He's only eight. Years. I mean, it's a it's a great elevator pitch. It's just like, hey, let's have Loki like pop around in all these different like spaces and times, and just you know locify everything just get up to shenanigans it's a recipe for success right june 11th oh wow that's june 11th, well, they're, they're, they are really pushing this uh phase whatever number this is at this point four right and then we have the hawkeye series coming up at some point and um, did everybody see the uh the uh, trailer for shang chi yes i actually have not seen that yet now so far i've only seen the teaser is there another one out it's just the teaser but uh, okay yeah uh, oh, we should mention um, there okay. is there is a stinger at the end of the final episode, as these things tend to have, just like there right. was. There was two actually. Well, I guess oh, no right. mid mid credit one. Um, yeah, well, I was referring to the uh, the the Sharon Carter thing mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Right, right. Potentially set it there, and uh, the the internet rumor mill is set, says that that's, that that could set up a few things. Um, the actual theory is that that's actually going to set up the uh, the Iron Man uh, story uh, storyline, uh, the Arbor Wars, uh, where it, which was a time when Tony Stark was not Iron Man, right? That it was well, the Armor uh, Wars. Yeah, the Armor Wars was uh, when he was uh, started with Circuits Maximus, wasn't it? I can't remember. Because it was when the when the uh, it was during the first first start when we saw Obadiah Stane take over Iron Man and became he became the Ironmonger and Tony lost control of Stark Industries and became Stane and yeah oh yeah of course I want to say the uh, I want to they're setting up Ironheart yeah I think so I think they're setting up Ironheart there too is is the current blah yeah uh, scuttlebutt. And by scuttlebutt, I mean apparently there is already a television series, a, a, a small, a, a mini series called Ironheart, which is in development at Plus. Yeah. Starring Dominique Thorne. Cool. <laughs> so, like, the, the, thought, the thought process is that they're setting up the Armor Wars probably for Ironheart, mm-hmm. um, which will be a thing. So. Yeah. Yep. But we're kind of going far afield on this. So. Yeah. It's time to it's it's time to call it a night. Um, this has been Neil, <laughs> the one true Ben, and Mike, and we will talk to you next time on Geek Anthology. Let's see if I can get Craig to leave. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letters M, A, S, and H, and the numbers 4077. It's my podcast, and you can't do anything about that. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, liking us, subscribing, ringing that bell for notifications, following us on, on Spotify, this, that, or the other. You know, whatever it is on your platform that you're listening to us on right now that helps to build the algorithm. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us by making either a one-time donation on our website, www.workingtheoryproductions.com, 
or a reoccurring one at patreon.com slash working theory. We really do depend on the charity of others to be able to keep things up and running, or at least to improve anything. So, the so final thought. Seriously, I do think that, that uh, Marvel should just kind of stop making movies and just start making miniseries. Um, I think it'll work better. <laughs>